Good day, everybody. This is Susan Elliott, host of Mean Lady Talk and Podcast, and welcome to episode 70. I wanted to start this episode off by thanking my meanies and to let people know that if you have a book coming, please make sure that I have your address. I want to send all the books out at once, and I have quite a few of them going out not only to people here in the United States, but to people around the world. So when I go to the post office, I want to make sure that I've got everybody. And speaking of everybody and people around the world, I said that I'm going in alphabetical order again with my meanies. And Allison recently joined and I've done the A meanies before. So Allison, thank you so much. And your book will be coming to you in New Zealand. Thank you so much for your support. I want to thank my D-meanies, Davina and Dawn, and I know that each of you get bonuses, so please let me know where to send your bonuses. And if you are going to become a 999 meanie, you can have a choice of a workbook, a power affirmations booklet, a signed copy of Getting Back Out There, a signed copy of Getting Past Your Breakup. If you're a new 1999 Meanie, you can have your choice of two of those. So I'm extending the July promotion into August and I have new promotions coming. The other thing that I want to talk about is I'm talking about the Facebook group in this episode. And one of the things that happens is that many times people go through a breakup and they sign up with several different breakup groups on Facebook. And some of them are very dysfunctional. And I know this from having joined a few of them when, when I first brought the group onto Facebook the group used to be solely on the blog and commenting on the blog even though people were able to have screen names instead of an identity that was attached to their regular Facebook profile the decorum and the level of people that were sharing on the blog seemed to be of a different caliber. I was very reluctant to bring the group onto Facebook and the only reason why I did it was because I was having issues with registration between my hosting company at the time, which I've changed, and WordPress. So those issues have been resolved, but I've kept the group on Facebook. But what happens is that people go through a breakup and they join several groups on Facebook. And some of these groups are just rough and tumble, crazy people running them, crazy people in them, anything goes. That is not the group that we have. And then I have to try to tamp down and be a strict person about people in the group. So I'm bringing some of the participation back to the blog because I think that sometimes when people are in several groups, they tend to behave the same way from group to group or they think that anything goes in our group and it doesn't. I'm going to be bringing audios that I have on many different topics as both a lawyer and a therapist. There are so many different things that I want to talk about. And I started a video series on YouTube that I never finished called Relationship Court when relationship and legal issues intersect. And there are a lot of different things as far as contracts, leases, belongings, all those kinds of things. And I belong to the family law section of the American Bar Association. And I have a lot of articles that I want to talk about. 
So I'm going to be putting a section of audios and articles on the intersection of law and psychology in several different areas, not only relationship court type stuff, but also personality disorders. I've done a lot of podcasts on that. I've done a lot of articles on that. But my stuff has been ripped off a lot of times, so I'm going to bring it back to the blog. There's going to be three different levels, and you're going to be able to go on to the blog and have discussion areas. You don't have to pay anything. It'll be perfectly free. But there will be other areas where some of my content that has been ripped off, there will be a regular membership. It won't be a lot of money, but it will be a membership fee. And then there'll be a premium, which will give you more access to more things as well as discounts on the classes and the groups. People have asked me about the boot camps. I recently had a former boot camper come back and say, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff in my life right now. And if it wasn't for your boot camp, I don't know that I would have been able to. I've relied a lot on things that I've learned there. The boot camps are very intensive for me. I can only do one at a time and I can only do eight people at a time. And I know that a lot of times people want to join a group. So I'm going to have two or three different groups going in the fall. They're going to be less intensive than boot camps. But I'm also going to have what I used to have, which was called the study hall. And the study hall is when you can basically come in and you can discuss the books, getting past your breakup, getting back out there in the workbook. And when I did the study hall the first time, we did it from beginning to end. And what happened was people came in and they said, oh, I really want to join the study hall, but you guys are already on fourth chapter or whatever. And I want to go back to the beginning. So I have restructured the study hall. So the study hall is coming back. And there will be articles, there will be audios, there will be videos, there will be classes, there will be the study hall, there will be groups. That's all going on. I am setting all that up. It's a lot of work. I've been doing a lot of work and I want to put in a lot of legal stuff and I want to put in a lot of psychological stuff. So if you're a meanie, there will be a special meanie discount for absolutely everything that I'm talking about. So I'm doing a GPYB group that's going to be based on the old GPYB bootcamp light. I'm doing an attachment group and I may do a women who love too much group. So those first two groups are definitely happening in the fall. If you want to be part of those groups, you need to let me know because I, I am going to limit those just the same way that I limit the boot camps. They won't be as expensive as the boot camps. They won't be as intense in the boot camps. You'll still get a lot of my personal attention. I want a lot of the groups and classes to be going through the holidays. I find that the holidays are really hard on people and the, having the group really, really helps. So the other thing that I want to say is that with the summertime, my house gets very hot. My townhouse is painted brown on the outside. I have no control over that. And I have windows, some windows that are floor to ceiling, quite large windows all throughout this place. And I'm on an end unit at, in the townhomes. Our community is built sort of on a hill and I'm at the very top of the hill. So I'm at the top of the hill. I'm on an end unit and I have floor to ceiling windows and it's painted brown outside. This place gets so hot that I have central air. I have room air conditioners in my two bedrooms upstairs. I have ceiling fans. I have portable fans and I still can't keep it cool. So I know that some of the sound has been off because I've tried to record in the basement. And recently this week, what I did with 
the contributions that I got from Patreon as I went out and I bought some sound panels. I haven't gotten them yet. I will get them and I apologize for any of the sound issues that have been in some of the episodes that I had to record in the basement. Hopefully when I get the sound panels, I won't have to do that. Thank you so much to the meanies. I am trying really, really hard to up the quality of the sound and I know that when I was only able to record in the basement it was really really difficult to get the sound to sound right and I apologize for that and I might re-record some of those episodes but I have sound panels coming thanks to my meanies so hopefully it will be better if it gets really hot again so I apologize for that thanks a lot take care everybody bye-bye Welcome to the Mean Lady Talking Podcast, the tough-talking, advice-giving show by the not-really-mean, mean lady, Susan J. Elliott. with his disordered mother and sister. I've gone in and see with my disordered son. And it's a very, very painful thing to do. And I know that there are other people out there. I've heard from some of you. I want to hear from more of you. I'm working on this episode and I would really like more questions, more situations. Send me whatever you want. If I have to make it a series, I'll make it a series. But I want to hear from people in that situation. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's going on in the Facebook group. We used to have when people left, sometimes people will leave and they'll delete all their posts. And we, we call that taking your toys and going home. And if you stay in the group, but you've deleted your posts, we are, we frown upon that. We think that that is not okay because people come into the group and they, they give a, a situation and people write, and give them advice. And sometimes people will say, well, you know, the other day I was doing blah, 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 and X, Y, Z happened. And what they want is for somebody to talk about blah, 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 and people will talk about X, Y, Z, and they get pissed off. And one of the examples was there was a woman who came in and she talked about this guy that had been in a relationship with her and she found out that he was cheating. And this was a long time ago because she had been married and she had come into the group because of a divorce from a, of a pathological crazy person, personality disorder, crazy person. And so this guy was before the marriage and she said that she left because she didn't want to be part of a love triangle. But he was going through a town and he asked if he could stop and see her. And at first she said no, but then she said, okay, long story short, I met him and he tried to kiss me or he grabbed me to kiss me and I told him this was unacceptable, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she wanted kudos for this. And I said to her, why did you go? You know that he was this creep. Why did you go? And that's what other people said. That's not what she wanted. She wanted Oh, oh, that was such a great job you did with boundaries, blah, blah, blah. And of course, nobody said that. So what did she do? She got up and left. Got up and left. 
Okay, bye. I think that she deleted her post before she left. But we have other people that delete their posts and stay. And I think that it's very, very wrong. If you say the other day, blah, blah, blah happened, then X, Y, Z, and you want people to say, oh, good job on blah, blah, blah. But they say, hey, wait a minute, what's going on with X, Y, Z? You put yourself out there. This group is there to kind of help you and to help you see what the issues may or may not be. If you don't want that kind of feedback, don't post. And I just posted that in the Facebook group the other day. Don't post. If you don't want to hear what people have to say, don't post. We had this other one. She'd been with the group a long time. And she said to somebody one time off the cuff, I do the program except for the affirmations. And I said, if you don't do the affirmations, you don't do the program. Because the program doesn't work without the affirmations. And I stand by that. And anybody who thinks that the affirmations are a bunch of garbage or mumbo jumbo or new agey bullshit or whatever, you don't know affirmations. Affirmations are based on neuroscience. They're based on neuroplasticity. And you cannot do the GPYV program and heal and get better without a positive mindset. If you're still doing all of this negative bullshit, this saying it, thinking it, doing it, you're not working the GPYV program. You're just not. So this woman had been part of the group and I said that to her and she left. You know, she got snippy and left. People don't like when I say shit like that to them. And I always say, you don't have to like me, but continue to do the program. Well, she wasn't doing the program in the first place. So then she went through a breakup and she put in her application, you know, to join the group. I'm just newly broken up and I'm doing the program this time and I'm doing it with the affirmations. And she put the affirmations in capital letters. I went, okie dokie. Well, a couple of times in and out, in and out because she kept playing footsie with the ex. Well, I thought I could be friends with the ex, blah, blah, blah. How could you be doing this program and think that you could be friends with the ex? You cannot. So I told her the last time she came, I said, you know what? You cannot come in and out because people had poured a lot of time into her. She deleted a lot of her posts. And now, you know, it's like, that's just not okay. There are people in the group who actually take the time to write considerate posts to give you support, to give you care, to give you feedback, and then you just like tramp all over it. So she was saying that her ex was working in the house next door and she was trying to be nice and saying hello. And people were saying, why are you trying to be nice and say hello? And she's like, well, he owes me money. And... 24 hours later, she's gone again. Now, where do you think she is? With the with the ex? Yeah, well, we think so too. So I had somebody who wrote to me a little while ago, and she is she played with the program. She got two scholarships. Now, if you go on to the GPYB Recommends page, that's Amazon. Every year in May and October, I take a percentage of my earnings from royalties and I don't make a million dollars in royalties. I don't even make thousands of dollars in royalties. I take a percentage and I put some into the GPYB domestic violence program and I take some and I put it in the Michael A. DiCarlo Brain Tumor Foundation, which is managed, it's a nonprofit which is managed by Fidelity Investment. I do not touch anything. All I do is donate and get the statements every month as to how much it's growing. And then I will do a disbursement 
you can only disperse it to a charity for brain tumors. So that's how I have it set up. So except for the Amazon Associates, which if you buy something off the GPYB Recommends page, I get like some eight cents, three cents, five cents, nothing big, nothing major. And people haven't donated to the GPYB Domestic Violence Victims Program in a long time. But I do try to give scholarships to people who deserve it. But this woman got two scholarships from me, too. And she played with the program each and every time. I gave her boot camp Easter weekend off because they were all going to do family stuff. And normally we had our calls on Sunday. So I was like, well, let's take the weekend off. She was panicking. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to call the ex, ba ba ba. I talked to her for three hours that Saturday. As soon as she hung up, she called the ex. And I found this out like a long time later. She played with the program in that boot camp. The next boot camp, she played with the program. She also had somebody in that boot camp who was very much her friend, her support, her mentor. They had very similar current situations, past situations, being with disordered ex, being with really crazy men, feeling guilty about things that they had done with their kids, you know, all kinds of things. In the middle of boot camp, she goes back with her ex. In the middle of boot camp, after she had get, given him his stuff and all this other stuff, I had poured months and months and months and months into this person. A couple of months later, she, I see her, you know, she's applying to the Facebook group. I'm like, nope, can't do it, cannot do it. Because she would come in, she would use all the time of the Facebook group, and then she would disappear again. I knew what she would do. I knew what she would do. About a month later, same thing. Nope, you're not coming in, you're not coming in. Finally, I get an email from her. I've been on my own for a month now. This is after months and months and months of her applying to Facebook group, this and that. Screwing over the people that cared about her. Just completely relationship addicted. No, no, you cannot come in. Sorry. You can't keep using people. You can't keep burning people out. You can't keep having people who care about you. And then you delete all your posts and go off and do whatever you want. So the woman whose ex was working next door and within 24 hours, she's gone. And she kept saying she wasn't focusing on him, but her last, one of her last posts, her first five sentences began with he. And then when people called her on it and said, why are you still focused on him? You know his personality disorder. It's time to get real about you. And she said, I, I wasn't focused on him at all. I'm focused on me. Ba, ba, ba. And, I, and so I looked at her. I dissected her her post. And I was like, her first five sentences. I didn't say this to her. I said to somebody else. I said, her first five sentences begin with he. Where is the focus on her? Anyway, this isn't just to be a mean lady. Let me tell you something. When I came onto this recovery road. I was a sick, sick puppy. I was about six weeks into this deal and my ex borrowed my car to take my kids to New York. We were living in Rhode Island and he took his, my kids, his kids to New York. I had the bigger car and he always made fun of my car, but he had the, I had the bigger car he took the kids in my car. I'm driving the car. The car used to be mine. It was Toyota Celica. And the car used to be mine, and we bought it new off the lot. And I'm shifting, and there's something wrong with the shifter. And when he and I first started going out, he gave me his car. Now, he gave me this car that was a manual transmission. And if you didn't clutch right, 
the clutch would go down to the floor. You would have to get out of the car and you would have to put the clutch back against the clutch plate. Well, my ex, well, my boyfriend at the time, he was my boyfriend at the time, wasn't an ex. My boyfriend at the time was like five foot eleven, so he would just like lean over the car and put the clutch plate back. I'm five foot one. I had to go under the car and do it. And if you didn't shift right, the shifter would come out in your hand. Well, I didn't even know how to how to drive a standard. So all day long. I mean, I remember registering for college and I was a greasy mess from head to toe. But I learned how to drive that car in one day because I was sick and tired of getting out and putting the clutch plaque in and driving along and shifting and all of a sudden the shifter's in my hand and I would have to pull the boot up and I would have to line the little things up and put the put the shifter back in. So that had been 13 years prior to me taking this car this night. But I'm shifting and it seems stiff. And it had been many, many years since I had to pull a boot up on a shifter. And up until I got an SUV, I had always had a manual transmission, always had a manual transmission. So I know manual transmissions like the back of my hand. So when I was shifting, I was like, something wrong with this. So I lifted the boot and I don't know what possessed me to do it, but there was a letter under there and it was a letter from his girlfriend. Now we've been separated six weeks and this letter was dated before we separated. Susan doesn't appreciate you. You're so cute. And I thought about the last two nights that we were together and he had dragged the dog down the stairs with a belt around his neck. He had marched the kids down the stairs. He had beaten the crap out of me. He had pulled me off the banister and I hit the newel post and practically fractured the side of my face. And the ER doctor was really concerned and upset, but there was no mandatory reporting then. So that all got washed under the bridge, but you could tell the doctor was pissed off at me for not copying to what really happened. So I find this letter and I'm destroyed, absolutely destroyed, 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 destroyed. I call him in New York and he's like, I'm glad you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, doing the typical bullshit thing that people like that do. So I decide, like, I'm a mess. I'm a suicidal mess. And I go to an Al-Anon meeting that night. If you're ever a suicidal mess and you go to Al-Anon, like, you're just looking for trouble. You are just looking for trouble. So I go to the Al-Anon meeting, and I walk in, and I tell them this story. I gave him my car, and he took my car, and blah, blah, blah. And I put my hand under the car, and blah, blah, blah. And I find this letter, and blah, blah, blah. And you know what their question was? Why did you give him your car? That was their question. I was like, what, what, what? Why is this a question? Why is this a question? It reminded me of me saying to the woman who left, why did you meet him? She wasn't expecting that as the question. The same way I wasn't expecting, why did you give him your car? It just wasn't the question to me. But that was the question. Why did you give me your car? They wanted to go from where this thing went off the rails to begin with, not what happened later on with the letter. They didn't give a shit about the letter. They wanted to know why I was so codependent that I gave him my car. I was horrified. I was like, these mean people, these people are so mean. I get it. I get it. I get it. 
But you know what I didn't do? I didn't take my toys and go home. I didn't say, screw you guys. I didn't delete my conversation and leave. I mean, I know you can't delete a live conversation, but I didn't do anything of the sort. I didn't do anything that would be similar to that. You know what I did? I stayed and listened because they had answers to questions I hadn't even asked yet. Why did I give him my car? I had no idea. No idea at all. I didn't know I didn't have to give him my car. I didn't know I could say no. That's why. I had no boundaries. How do I get boundaries? How do I say no? Tell me how I say no. Tell me, tell me, tell me. And that's the question. Not, oh, I pushed him away when he went to kiss me and I told him what a masher he was. No, that's not the answer. The question is, why did you go? Why did you go to see him? For the other one, it's like, why did you say hello to him knowing that he's working next door? She's like, oh, well, you know, I said hello to him because he owes me money. And 24 hours, less than 24 hours later, she's gone out of the group. Give me a major break. These questions that were asked of me, why did you give him your car? <laughs> I don't know. I thought I had to. It was our kids and they would be comfortable and I had the bigger car. No, you don't give him your car, stupid. I don't know. <laughs> no. Are you looking for sympathy? Yes, yes. You'll find it in the dictionary between shit and syphilis. I'm pretty sure they said that that night. And I'm pretty sure my hair was blown back like it was in a wind tunnel with wind going 200 miles an hour. I'm sure that's what I look like. But you know what I also look like? I look like, holy shit, these people know something that I don't friggin' know. They know something I don't know. And when he started with his abuse of calling me when he had the kids at his grandmother's and he would tell me every single thing that was wrong with me, everything I'd done wrong, our entire relationship, even back when we were friends at 16, when I didn't think I did anything wrong. And he would say, if you hang up this phone, you'll never see those kids again. And I would sit there and I would sob for hours listening to everything that was wrong with me. And I would go to these 12-step meetings where they would say, you're as sick as your secrets. And I would think about the secrets. My secrets were very big and very ugly. And one of them was this craziness that was going on every Tuesday and Wednesday when he had my kids. And so the after a few weeks, I couldn't take it. And I was just, I saw my therapist on Tuesday nights and I, and he had just had me hysterical the whole day Tuesday. And when I got there and in therapy, I was just sobbing and I, I was like hiccuping because I'd been crying all day. I was like, like I couldn't catch my breath. And she's like, what is wrong? It's like she thought somebody died. And I told her what happened. I told her, I told her my secret. I told her all this. And she said to me, the next time he tells you, tell him to keep them. And I went, what are you, out of your mind? Like, he will keep them. And I know I've told this story on the podcast before, but I want to make a point here. I didn't listen. I didn't listen. I was convinced she was wrong, 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 wrong. And I let it go on a little while longer until I was freaking suicidal. And I went to a meeting and I said, this is what's going on. 
and I was doing the same thing from crying all day. It was like a Wednesday night and I'm at a meeting and I'm like, this is what's going on. And when I finished talking, people said to me, tell him to keep them. I'm like, these people are out of their friggin' minds. He will friggin' keep them. They don't know him. And I know that I get that response from people. Oh, you don't know my ex. I do. I do. I know your ex. I know your ex very well. I think I was married to your ex. I was either married or we were in a long-term relationship. I know your ex. Trust me, I know your ex. And then the day came, not too too long afterwards, but I thought all these people were crazy. But not too long afterwards, you know, he said, if you, I said, look, I can't do this today. And he said, you hang up this phone and you'll never see those kids again. And I went, okay, see ya. And it was a pause. And he went, oh, sure, I lose no matter, and I clicked down the phone, which is something you can't do in cell phones, which I hate. I hate the fact that you can't, like, slam down a cell phone. It's very, very unsatisfying. It's very satisfying when you can slam them down. It was a long, hard road. The kids came back that night, and he never did it to me again. I had called his bluff. Wasn't that the gates of heaven open and let me in, but the gates of hell open and let me out. And I knew there was another way to live. There were other ways of doing this stupid shit with these crazy people. People in my family, people in my job, people in friendships, and my crazy, crazy ex. And I wanted to know everything. And I didn't do it perfectly. I've talked about, he said to me, you don't bring the kids to see my grandmother. And I ran over there. I ran over there with the kids. And I get over there and the woman's in medical distress. And we go to the hospital. We're there all night. I'm there all night with a 79-year-old woman and three little kids all night long. I don't know where the hell my ex is. Can't find him. I'm calling her house and her house and her house and he's not picking up the phone. And he's supposed to be living with her, but he's not there. And when I dropped her off around midnight, he still wasn't there. And I told my therapist this. I was exhausted. I had to go to work the next day. I had, you know, I had to do things the next day. Had to get the kids to school the next day. And I told my therapist this. And my therapist said, there are his kids and his grandmother. Let him take them to see her. And I went, duh, really? I never thought of it. I didn't know how to think of it. My therapist's name was Cheryl. And I would say, what would Cheryl do? What would Cheryl say? That's how I started to think about it. I know that people have said that they say that about me. Like, what would Susan do? But I did. I would say, hmm, what would Cheryl do about this? What would Cheryl say about this? Because it wasn't anything that I would come up with. But when he called the next time, oh, you don't take the kids to see my grandmother. I said, they're your kids and your grandmother. You take them. Goodbye. Click. Again, that satisfying slamming down of the phone that you just don't get with a cell phone. Anyway, um, there were lots of those, lots and lots of those. I remember setting boundaries with my adoptive mother. I believe my mother was a borderline. I really do. And she had passed away by the time I was studying personality disorders in graduate school. But my sister had said it while she was alive because my sister had had her master's degree 
and said that my mother was a borderline and I didn't really know what that was. But when I went to graduate school and started to study it, I went, oh yeah, there she is. And I remember my sister had been in therapy a long time. And I, you know, I knew that she was angry at my mother for a long time. I knew that there were, there was sometimes my mother would walk out of the room and my sister would grit her teeth and make a face at her. And I'd be like, what is going on? Like my sister was just in really angry with her for a long time. And so my, my mother's in the house one day and I don't know what she's screaming about. But I had been pretty good putting up boundaries with her. I'd done a lot of Al-Anon work. I had put boundaries in place with her that she didn't even know I was putting in place. It was just very healthy stuff. Being an eye language and really kind of putting boundaries into place with her. And it never really turned into an argument. And I was quite proud of how I was handling things. But this one day, you know, things are not perfect. And on the road of recovery, things are not perfect. And my mother decides to blow up at me for no reason whatsoever. She just is pulling her old bullshit. And I went, yeah, this is not happening. Not happening at all. And so I waited for her to finish with her crazy, crazy screaming, whatever the hell it was she was screaming at me. And when she was all done, I calmly said to her, I would suggest very strongly that you consider going to therapy. And what she did was she grabbed the top of her head. She put her hands on, her hair was parted in the middle. So she took a clump of, of hair from each side, on each side of her part, pulled her hair like as hard as she could and started bouncing her head back and forth and back and forth, pulling and pulling on her own hair. And she's like, therapy, therapy, therapy. You and your sister, all you ever talk about is therapy. I don't need therapy. <laughs> and I'm staring at her. A woman who has her hair in her own hands, pulling it out by the root and pull, tugging her head from side to side going therapy 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 and I'm going you don't need therapy really like you're sort of like the poster child of who needs therapy it was hilarious to this day I think about it I think about therapy 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 because there are many people in this world who don't know that they need therapy or they think you're wrong or they think I'm gonna take my choice and go home oh the mean lady was mean to me the mean lady said why did you go the mean lady said, why did you say hello to your ex? Your mean lady said, you don't have to be nice to your ex just because he owes you money. He owes you money. That's it. He owes you money. You don't have to say hello to him because he owes you money. There's been a few other people in the group who have deleted posts and it pisses me off. And I'm going to start throwing people out of the group if they keep doing it because I don't want people to waste their time. And if you're not ready for the message, you're not ready. Don't post anything. Just listen. When I walked into Alan on that night and I gave them a soliloquy of the most dramatic Shakespearean play ever. Oh my God. She said he was so cute and he's not cute at all. He's really abusive and he's this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I got finished and they said, why did you lend him your car? <laughs> I went, what? That's not the question. That was absolutely the question. Absolutely the question. 
It really was. Okay, so what is the solution? The solution is you have to go to the books. You have to go to the books and you have to look at the boundaries. And you have to look at the program. I have something in the resources. Go to gettingpassionbreakup.com. Go to GPYB resources. It's right up top. Look at it. There's a thing that says how to use the books in the workbook to do the work. It's all there. All the answers are there. All the questions are there. And the Facebook group is for people who follow the program, not for people who want their theirs, not for people who want, oh, poor baby. It's not for that reason. And if you don't want to hear tough love, that is not the group for you. And if you want to say, well, I went out today and blah, blah, blah happened and then X, Y, Z, and you want to talk about blah, 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 and the group starts talking about X, Y, Z, you have to listen. That's the only way you're going to get well. It's called the gift of desperation. The gift of desperation means you will do anything, anything, including listening to shit you don't want to freaking listen to. If you are such a little flower that you can't hear it, too bad, so sad, you don't belong in this program. This program is not for the faint of heart. It's not. It takes hard work and you have to put up boundaries and you have to let other people know you cannot take advantage of me. That's part of the program. You have to do your affirmations. You have to stay no contact. You have to do all that other stuff. And you can't come in and out and you cannot, 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 cannot waste the time of people who honestly care and want to help you through whatever it is. Do not waste people's time. It's not okay. Part of being a healthy person is understanding what it is you're doing wrong. I felt like the lady on the movie Airplane, you know, when when she was hysterical and people were taking turns, you know, there was the guy with the brass knuckles and the guy with the the wood and, you know, everything. That's That's what I felt like the first couple of years of my recovery. Like it was just left, right, left, right, left, right. People were just giving me one, two punches all over the place. And you know why they were doing it? Because I needed it. Because I needed to have that. If you're not ready, that's fine. But don't waste people's time. I was not happy when people said, why did you lend him your car? I didn't even know why the hell that was a question. But it was the right question, not let's talk about the letter that you found. That was not the issue. The issue was me lending him my car. That was the issue. And I wanted to talk about the letter. And they didn't want to talk about the letter. It was like a couple of years later when we were married. And I've talked about this on podcasts before. But when we were married, before we were married, we were teenagers, we would go bowling and I couldn't bowl because I'm double jointed. When I would swing backwards with balls, my arm would lock and a couple of times I threw the ball behind me and almost killed somebody. So I couldn't bowl. And when we were married and he would do the laundry list of things that were wrong with me, one of them was that I couldn't bowl. And I would be like, oh, I'm sorry. And even when I going through those painful Tuesdays and Wednesdays when he would call me up and tell me all the things that was wrong with me. One of them was, you can't bowl. And I was like, I can't bowl. I can't bowl. I can't bowl. And so two years goes by and I've had this, you can't bowl stigma hanging over my head for many, many years. I mean, from the time I'm like 16, 
And now I'm like 32. So it's like half of my life I've had this, this stigma about the bowling. And he says to me, oh, me and my fiancé, I guess, I don't know if they were married or the fiancé or whatever the hell they were at the, at the moment. We got matching, we joined a bowling league and we got matching bowling balls. And I was devastated, devastated, devastated. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I went to a meeting that night and I went to another meeting and I was just down in the dumps, just so down in the dumps. I was so dejected, so dejected. And we went out, it was like midnight on a Saturday night and I was in the middle of like 12 of my really good friends and I was sitting there all pouty. And the guy sitting across from me said, what's wrong with you? And I said, my ex and his girlfriend got matching bowling balls. And he just burst out laughing. And then he stopped all of the conversation at the table and told them what I just said. They were all falling over themselves. I was like, this isn't funny. This is, oh my God, like we never had matching bowling balls because I couldn't bowl. You don't know how awful this is. This is just the worst news ever, ever. And they were just laughing their butts off. And I was like, this is just not funny. This is just not, you people don't understand. You don't understand. I was devastated, devastated. And I remember dating guys and some guy would just mention bowling and I'd be like, oh, there'll be no bowling. You mentioned bowling, you're out of here. <laughs> I got to the point where like, bowling? You mentioned bowling and you're a history. I mean, like, don't even think about bowling. But I was upset about the freaking bowling. And it's, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let them go off and bowl together. I don't give a good rat's ass. And that's what they said to me that night in the diner. Well, do you really care if they go out bowling? And I was like, well, it's something we never did. They probably do a lot of things you and he never did. You probably do lots of things with the guys you're seeing that you and he never did. And I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm still upset. You don't understand. And they were like, yeah, we don't understand because you're crazy. Oh, they kind of talked me off that ledge. But that was two years on. Two years on. I mean, come on. Let's get real about this stuff. It's not easy, but it's worth it. What I found when I met my husband, Michael, he was just the nicest, sweetest guy. And we were on the same page. And there was nothing about bowling. and But he did tell me later on that he was a good bowler. And I believed him because he could play pool and chess like nobody's business. But he was a lovely, lovely man. And we had a lovely, lovely relationship because I healed all of those wounds. Because I listened to the hard stuff. I listened to the tough love. I listened to the mean people. And I didn't go, oh, I'm just going to stop talking to all of you. I didn't do that. I stayed and stayed and stayed and said, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. What do you mean I didn't have to give him my car? Tell me more about that. How do I, how do I not do that? And I work with my clients now teaching them how to not do stuff like that. This is how you talk to your ex. This is how you make sure your ex doesn't talk to you. That's what I work on with a lot of my clients that are co-parenting with crazy people. I didn't say, what do you mean? Why did I lend him my car? 
Of course I lent him my car. The car's bigger and my kids need the room. And why are you questioning me, you stupid, stupid people? I didn't say any of that. I went, what do you mean? I wasn't happy that they didn't want to talk about the letter, but I didn't question it because I didn't know my ass from my freaking elbow. I remember when I started feeling better and started thinking and started saying things like I think when I started feeling better and my sponsor would say to me, your best thinking got you here. Shut up and sit down. <laughs> I couldn't win with these people. They weren't nice to me. <laughs> they were pretty mean, but they got me well. And because I listened and because I did what they told me to do, I healed and I became a happy whole person and I met another happy whole person and what we had was really, really special. But when he got sick, I knew that I could do this alone because I'd done it before and then I would get through it and then I could basically handle anything. And that's what this program teaches you, how to handle anything. Not just a breakup, not just a relationship, anything. So stick with the program. Don't post shit in the Facebook group and then take your toys and go home. I'm going to be bringing stuff back to the blog because Facebook is kind of a weird environment. And sometimes I think that people are influenced by other groups that are dysfunctional. So I would really want to put it in a more of a microcosm back on the blog. So I'm working on that. Anyway. I want to thank everybody who became a meanie in July and in August, I'm going to extend the promotion. And if you have not sent me your address for a signed copy, please send it because those who were billed on August 1st, I want to be able to send books out right after that. So please send me your address if I owe you a book. And if you haven't become a meanie, please become a meanie. It really helps and I appreciate it. And I will talk to you guys on the Facebook group and on the blog and we will have some chats. Send me what you want to hear about. Talk to you guys soon. Take care of it. Bye-bye.